I'm your host, Sophia Marathias, and today I will be speaking with Michael Orland, who is a pianist, vocal coach, and arranger. Michael Orland worked on a television show called American Idol for 16 seasons. He has also worked with numerous musical artists, such as Ariana Grande, Sabrina Carpenter, and Jordan Fisher. In this episode, Michael Orland spoke about how he started his career, how he became involved with American Idol, his experience while working on the show, and what he has been up to recently. I personally have been a fan of the show since 2008, so getting to meet and speak with Michael Orland about American Idol was a pleasure. American Idol is a singing competition show that started in June of 2002. This show was based on the British version called Pop Idol. Instantly, American Idol became a hit. Everyone loved watching the dynamic between the original judges, Simon Cowell, Paula Abdul, and Randy Jackson, as well as tuning in every week to watch their favorite contestant sing. American Idol is also known for launching so many of the contestants' successful careers over the years, including Jennifer Hudson, Kelly Clarkson, and Carrie Underwood. American Idol aired on Fox for 15 seasons before it ended in April of 2016. Not even two years later, season 16 was announced, but this time it would be airing on ABC, where it has currently been broadcasting for the past three years. Thank you for joining me on my podcast today. Before we get started, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. So my name is Michael Orlat, and I am born and raised in the home of Clark University, Worcester, Massachusetts. I just started uh, studying piano privately when I was about, I think my my mother took me when I was four, and the piano teacher said I was too young, and then my mother and father made me sit down and play piano, and then they were like, oh, okay, we'll, st- we'll take him now. So I started I started taking piano lessons from this amazing woman in Worcester, Massachusetts, Shirley Siegel, who lived on May Street. Anyway, and that's it. I started playing piano. I loved it, loved it, loved it. When it came time to go to college, my family, because I loved numbers and math and everything, they convinced me to go to school to be an accountant. So I went to UMass Amherst to study accounting, and it was not where my heart was. All I was passionate about was playing piano and music, and I gave it the old college try, no pun intended. And two years, I did UMass Amherst, and then I dropped out. Yeah, and it just wasn't for me, the whole business thing. And I love all the numbers and all that stuff, but I still do. And and my accountant loves it. I help them out so much, but it wasn't for me. And so I always tell kids, you know, when I talk to kids all over the country, I say, if you're passionate about what you want to do, then you should do it. If you're not sure if you want to, like, do music or accounting, then you should do accounting. When I hear kids say, all I want to do is sing, then I say, you should do that. It's just that you may have to get a straight job to support your passion. I dropped out after two years and I moved to New York and it was a series of, even though I feel like I was skilled, it was a series of being at the right place at the right time and meeting the right people because that's so much what this business is. I think in every field it is, but I think you have to have the goods when that door opens, but being talented doesn't open any doors. American Idol was a new singing competition show that started in 2002 and quickly became popular. You were the musical director and pianist for American Idol. How did you end up working on the show? Yeah, so I was technically called an associate music director and pianist and vocal coach and arranger on that show. This is another one of those stories of it's all who you know and being at the right place at the right time. Before American Idol started, I had already moved out to Los Angeles from New York. I was hired to be a rehearsal pianist for Barry Manilow. 
He's a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant musician that's been in this business for five or six decades, still performing. He's fantastic. I was working with him, and his conductor at the time was this guy Kevin, and his lead background singer was this woman, Bird, a Deborah Bird, and they were the music team on the beginning of Idol, and they remembered me from Barry, and so they needed help in the middle of the first season, and they called me in, and that's like literally how it happened, and I stayed there for 16 years. It was the greatest job in the world. I didn't even hear of the show when they first called me about it, but it had become a huge, huge, huge hit and a phenomenon immediately. The first finale, Kelly versus Justin, was like huge. And then the show just kept getting bigger and bigger the first eight or nine years. So it was just a huge thrill to be a part of it and just to have like a little tiny part of watching these kids go from no performance anything to like becoming these huge stars. Because unlike any other show, American Idol is the only one that has this management team in place that really wants to make these kids have an afterlife. It's not only about the ratings. I think more today it's only about ratings because mm -hmm. the ratings are not ever going to be what they ever were because people don't watch TV the same. They always wanted these kids to have an afterlife and that's why there's so many famous people from American Idol, even if they didn't win, like Catherine McPhee and Chris Daughtry and Clay Aiken and so many... Um, people that did not even, Jennifer Hudson, and on top of Kelly and Carrie and, and Philip Phillips and all those amazing people that won. It's just, there's so many people, and I don't think there's many people from any of the other shows, America's Got Talent or The Voice. I feel like it's mainly American Idol that really produces a star. Yeah. And like I said, like, they have this management company in place that goes, how can we make these kids have an afterlife after the show is over? And so because of that, I think it's what separates itself from all the other competition shows, which basically are some form of just a copycat really in my opinion they have their audiences and it's fantastic and i'm excited for the voice now that ariana grande is going to be a coach on it i'll actually watch it yeah i saw that and i got excited i've watched the yeah. voice a few times and i just like can't get super into it i feel the same way first of all it's about the judges on that yeah so. i was gonna say that but nobody ever comes back they don't even usually have the winner from the season before like because they they yeah. they just churn them out they do two seasons a year i think they're just starting to go now back to one i don't know it just just doesn't do it for me either but ariana grande i happen to know her and love her and i'm obsessed with her and i think she'll be a great coach and i can't wait to watch her and i think it was the smartest thing that show did mm -hmm. whatever you're paying her is going to be worth it for the ratings yeah because i'm definitely tuning in for that so many people will now just for her she brings instant audience wherever she goes since you worked on american idol for 16 seasons was there a specific memorable season that sticks out to you a particular song or arrangement a contestant did that you really enjoyed and continue to think about to this day? I know there's so many. There are so many, but I'll tell you, because I started in the middle of season one, and so season two was my first, like, you know, I started from the whole beginning. I was there for the auditions. I was there for everything. So season two definitely has a special place in my heart. That was Clay Aiken, Ruben Studdard, Kimberly Locke season, and so many people I'm still close to all these years later. That was, you know, 17 years ago. It's crazy. I loved people that would come into our coaching room i've worked with a couple different coaches including deborah and my friend dorian holly and also my friend pisha mcphee who's Catherine mcphee's mom she worked on the show with me as my partner for a few years i loved when people would come in and say here's my song i want to do but i want to change it up and that's my favorite thing to do i think what happens on a lot of these shows and it's happened a lot on idol is that these kids are doing like karaoke versions and we don't want to hear that we've already heard them i want to see how somebody's going to change up a song and there were many people along the way who did that 
that, like Chris Daughtry and like David Cook and like Adam Lambert, every single week he would come in and say, it's disco week. I want to take a crazy disco song and make it into a heart-wrenching ballad. And that's like so exciting for me musically. But really just to watch all the contestants from all the years, even in the years that it wasn't great ratings wise, it didn't matter to me. I still did the same exact work and still had the same passion about the working with the same kids that I, you know, every season. Just watching these kids develop some confidence every week was thrilling for me to watch as their coach. And I would always play all the, uh, you know, in the Ellen show and the Today show and all those shows with the kids afterwards. So I have so many amazing memories and pictures and videos that I'll have the rest of my life that I maybe one day will do a little book. Yeah, you should. Right? American Idol has had quite a few different set of judges over the years. We went from the original judges, Simon, Paula, and Randy, to then having judges such as Jennifer Lopez, Mariah Carey, and Steven Tyler, to the current judges, Katy Perry, Lionel Richie, and Luke Bryan. Which set of judges do you think worked the best? Did you have a favorite? I did, should I say. When American Idol started, there was nothing like having those people being judged on TV in front of 30 million people. To me, Paula Randy Simon was the greatest combination ever. It was as real as could be. It was so fun to watch Simon because sometimes he would say something he didn't even believe, but he would just do it to make Paula and Randy look like they, they said something silly. And it was just fun watching the three of them. And it was just magic too. Those first eight years is when the show was getting 30 million plus every single night, twice a week. I've loved other judges. I think Jennifer Lopez is amazing. I think Steven Tyler is amazing. I think Harry Connick Jr. is amazing. The year with Nicki Minaj and Mariah Carey didn't work for me as well. They tried to like make it like The Voice does and make it about the judges. Only the two judges, those two women, they were like, two little kids you had to separate. I must disagree with certain members of the panel that you that every moment's got to be at the top of your of your most happy you Disney princess moment. Exactly. Nobody said that. every moment. Oh, excuse me. The, 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 the music will cut me off if I can. I may, oh, darling, darling, may I express this to her as a singer? And so, like, if they had gone at it each with each other, it would have been probably fun and interesting, but they didn't. The judges today, I love Katie and Luke and Lionel. I think they're fantastic. The problem with judging on a show today is, number one, you have to be so careful because of our country and what's going on. You can't say the wrong thing and you can't, you know, it's very hard. Plus, on a show like American Idol, which is so relevant and it so counts on what the judges are saying, if their person, you know, if, if someone's going to vote for them, I think the judges are afraid to be too honest right now. So consequently, I feel like the judges aren't getting any constructive criticism until they get voted off because every week they're like, oh my God, you're great, you're great, you're great. You made me cry, I got goosebumps, my mascara wore off. And then when they get voted off, they're like, well, you didn't do really well those couple weeks. And I'm like, but tell them then so they can like learn from that. That's what I think is missing because that's what our contestants always got. I mean, listen, we were always the voice of reason for them because sometimes the judges would contradict themselves. Randy Jackson, who's one of my favorites, he would say one week to somebody, you know what, you really should change that song up a little bit. It was a little bit too straight. And then the next week they change the song up and he goes, why are you doing all that to the melody? You should have sing it straight. It's a beautiful song. It's like they didn't know. They were contradicting themselves every single week. But it was part of the fun and the charm of that chemistry. Today, they're not allowed to because if somebody gives them criticism and says, you know what, you had a really crappy week, I think they're probably afraid that person would get voted off who they maybe think is going to win the 
competition. Do you know what I mean? So I think the whole mood of today's country and the whole way people are so quick to judge and afraid to say the wrong thing, I think that we've lost out on giving these kids constructive criticism so they can grow and change every week. Yeah, definitely. I agree with that. I kind of wish they would give us a little more, though, sometimes. Yeah, I know. I agree. I mean, I haven't watched that in a while, but I've seen, like, you know, little parts played back or something. Even the, when I was on with Maddie Poppy, the first season at ABC, mm -hmm. those three judges, I loved them. And I am a huge Katy Perry fan. But, like, she would just tell the kids, they would, all would just tell the kids how great they were every week. And they're not going to learn anything from that. And us, as the audience, is not going to be able to, like, watch them grow and change until they get voted off. And then they go, well, you know, you didn't really do your job the right. And I'm like, but tell them that along the way. Again, we would tell them that. We were the voice of honesty with those kids and say, I know the judges loved it, but it was not a good performance. And you got lucky because you didn't indicate that you forgot the lyrics, so they didn't even bring it up. I talk to young kids who I coach all the time and say, should I audition for one of those shows? And I say 100%. Because even if you get on for a week or two or three weeks, or you maybe go all the way to the top 10 or whatever, it's so much exposure today. That whole social media thing is everything. And I've seen people go on for three weeks and get 50,000 followers and hundreds of thousands of plays on their YouTube audition songs. That's worth it. As long as you go in there remembering that this is a TV show, not just a talent show. They're making good TV. I mean, I, I don't know how long you've been watching it because you're so young, but there was always the beginning of when it was Catherine McPhee versus Taylor Hicks. And there was always two separate camps of David Archuleta or David Cook. And you know, or Adam Lambert or Chris Allen. Yeah. People were so divided, but yeah. the American Idol fans, they are amazing and they grab onto somebody they love and they are the most loyal people. I know these kids from the early seasons still have these huge fan bases. I do a live Instagram show every week with mm -hmm. Idols. I just had on Nick Fradiani. I had just had on Nick, <laughs> who still interacts with all his fans. He's like, I know so many of them by first names. He's so talented and he's such a nice, he's a genuine nice nice guy they'll stay with him they'll stay with him forever and they want him to like have a, a big hit coming out and they, okay. they're gonna wait for it i started watching season seven so it was the david david season oh yeah i'm trying to figure out what you i you're probably a david I was, archuleta person i was both i was like such a fan of everyone that season probably more david archuleta though i was eight years old so oh my god that's so funny i used to be devastated when one of my favorite people would get voted off not even because of the contest but because i wasn't going to get to see them every day and i'll never forget season three when jennifer hudson got voted off they have the lowest number of votes and that person is jennifer hudson i was just like what what happened? What, you know, I didn't even get the whole thing. And then, like, Dreamgirls, the movie happened for her, and an Academy Award. And the Oscar goes to Jennifer Hudson. And now, you know what she's doing now? She's got the respect, the Aretha Franklin movie. I got to do Hairspray Live with her. She's phenomenal, and she came in sixth from the end. The only common thing I find with every single successful person that's come out of Idol, even if they're not huge superstars, that they're still working and making a living at music, 
every single one of them has has an amazing work ethic because the one negative thing about American Idol and not when you're on it but it, it gives people who watch it like a false sense of that you don't have to work at your craft to become famous that you just go on this show for, for you know seven or ten or twelve weeks and you become a superstar it doesn't first of all it doesn't happen as much like that all the ones when it used to when there were 30 million people watching every one of those people had a, a great work ethic and still to this day have a, an amazing work ethic because it takes work you can't just phone it in these american idol kids who are doing like the whole music business and and the music business changed from the beginning of idol to how it is today winners used to put out cds or records and they would go triple platinum today you put out a, a single and you pray that it like does something so you can release another one it's just very different times and when we started american idol there was no social media nobody had twitter they had aol where they could go on and read the message boards i remember like social media became a bigger thing maybe i think it was season 13 or something Thing, like Instagram. Yeah. I think when all that came in and then it's so funny because at the beginning of it they had people like watching everybody's account they like told everyone that they were gonna run their accounts and then as the years went by then they would start saying okay you guys should post and tease your fans with what song you're doing like they used to keep it like the biggest secret and then mm -hmm. like in the old days somebody used to leak to TMZ like the song list for the show because people cared about it then it's so funny to watch how it changed but yeah it's still a phenomenon and it's still the best show of all of them in my opinion you worked on the first season of American Idol when it moved from Fox to ABC after a two-year break in 2018. Did the show have a different feel to it because the network changed, or did it feel similar to when it was on Fox? Was there a big difference that you noticed? I remember being surprised when I heard that Idol was going to come back only two years after it had ended. You know what is so funny? That's right. I forgot. There was, it wasn't like a whole two years, but it was definitely over a year. Yeah, they like um, announced it like a year-ish later or something like right. that. I, to me, there was no difference. The work we still did was still the same. I think, again, they still had the ratings challenges that every show has then and now. The only difference to me was that we could go to Disneyland and because it was owned by ABC. And that was way fun that first year. And when we did a Disney night and Adina Menzel was the guest mentor. Besides that, it was not different at all. It was the same exact show to me. We were still in the same studios, the same rehearsals, just aired on a different network. So I didn't really feel the changes. Now that American Idol is on ABC, there are fewer live weeks and more contestants are voted off each week instead of one contestant getting eliminated each week until the finale. Do you think it hurts the contestants in a way because maybe there isn't much room to grow? I really do. I mean, unfortunately, because of television ratings, like I said, and people's attention span for watching TV, because now people want to just, you know, Netflix a show and, and binge watch it. But because they're only doing it in several, in seven weeks instead of, it used to be like 14 weeks, now they have to eliminate a bunch of people at the end. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't even even know if there's a way to fix it or change it or I think it does hurt and I think we don't get to watch growth as much today they have to say only one person's allowed to sing a ballad and everybody has to pick a song written after this uh, the year 2000 because they're trying to keep up with all the current music on the other shows and in the old days they could sing anything they wanted and everybody could sing a ballad and everyone could do an old song because families watched it and the parents and the grandparents loved the songs because they knew them and the kids learned all these new you know motown songs that they never heard before because they were so young but i think it's it definitely hurts the contestants in that you only get four weeks to like go from top 12 to winner 
it's like crazy. I'm not a fan of it. I wish they would bring back the one person gets eliminated per week, but. I know. Again, I think it's a network thing going, you know, we can't afford to keep this show on every single week with only four or five million people watching it. But yeah. I miss that too. We did that the first season of ABC with Maddie Poppy, and it was just hard to like, first of all, you're it's such a quick, oh my God, you didn't even get a chance. Three people got eliminated the first week. What happened? Yeah. You know, it's what they have to do today, I think. I think it'd be interesting if you recorded a whole season and then say American Idol season 20 is coming out on Netflix next week you can binge watch the whole series but like watch the kids like go through a thing every single week I think it'd be really interesting I feel like it might even be more popular I think it would be it would be way bigger oh my god let's sell that idea I think it's yeah I wonder how long it will last for because they're going to be on season 20. I think even though the numbers are lower than they've ever been and they drop, you know, 30% people, they lose 30% of the audience every year, it still does well for ABC. And I think as long as it keeps doing well for the network, then they're going to keep it going. What do you think was the best part about working on American Idol? Well, for me, getting to work with all these kids and watching them skyrocket and watching Carrie Underwood just take off after, like, you know, being with her for all those weeks and watching Adam Lambert playing a stadium, being the front lead man for a queen. You know, like mm -hmm. after knowing him so well and watching what he did, that's my favorite part to say, like, I had this little much to do with being part of that growth and whatever. And I'm saying, I mean, I can't even, whatever the smallest amount you can put your fingers together, because it was a whole team and it was a whole package and it was so many people involved with helping them and stuff. But I think that's my favorite part, just working with all these kids. And so many of them today, I still have a great relationship with and still do stuff with them. You now do an Instagram live show, like you brought up on Thursdays, where you talk talk with former American Idol contestants. What made you want to start that? What is it like speaking with them again? I have a guy that helps me with my Instagram who I met through Catherine McPhee because he does hers. His name is Caesar, and he is uh, amazing and all that stuff. And so when the pandemic happened, he said to me, you need to stay active on your Instagram. He said, maybe you should do like a live show with like past idols. And I was like, it would be fun. I think maybe I should look into it. So he's like, let's just start it. And it kind of just took off and people love it. And I have to tell you, it's so fun to not only a reminisce about what it was like back then for those kids, especially like the early ones before you were watching when there was all pre-recorded music and they didn't have a live band. But just like to some of the behind the scenes stories that people forget about or people didn't know about what was happening or I love talking to all of them. It's so much fun for me. I'm going to just keep doing it every week. It's so much fun. Next week I have Lakeisha Jones. Besides the Instagram live show that you currently do, what else have you been up to? Besides my Instagram live shows I do every Thursday and I do this little series called Tips for Tuesday where I give vocal tips for anybody who sings and anybody auditioning for anything. It doesn't even have to be for reality TV, but also I work with this amazing girl. Her name is Kristen Chenoweth. We just came back from Florida. We played at a very fancy wedding for, you know, it was a private party thing. And I rehearsed with her quite a bit. She's amazing. She's won Tony's and mm -hmm. she was in the original company of Wicked and You're a Good Man Charlie Brown. And I've done many, many concerts with her 
her and she's such a beautiful person and so talented and another one who puts the work in it. I've been very fortunate because I've gotten to work with a lot of celebrities, but it's so funny to see the ones that are all really successful, again, have that same thing that I noticed with American Idol and that they all like to rehearse, they all want to do the work. They're not trying to get away with it. Every single person I've worked with, like that's well known, is like that and it's so great. But I do that and also I vocal coach students every day, all day on um, FaceTime and, and Zoom. And then now, since people are getting double vaccinated or John Johnson, I've been doing some more in person in my, I have a studio in a guest house behind my house. So that's been really great. It's so much fun to like have somebody in person again. I've just been really blessed to be doing that. And I do this little fun open mic night, the first Thursday of every month in Palm Springs, which I love doing. It's kind of new and shows are coming back now. So I'm excited. I got some stuff lined up in New York in July and August. It's going to be fun to get back to all that, whatever this new normal is going to be. Yeah, I'm definitely excited to start going back to concerts again oh my god right i was actually supposed to see david archuleta last april and now it got moved to next march oh my god isn't that crazy yeah he's so talented that boy it's so funny because he was like 16 or 17 when he was on that show it's so interesting to watch him and everything he's done and everything he's been up to and you know that's like again that's my favorite part of that job is like to still stay in touch with these people and be so proud of them they're like my kids but it was so nice talking to you thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today. My pleasure. This has been All Things Idol. Thank you so much for listening. 